If you're a cannabis business owner looking to expand into new markets and need guidance and support you can trust, consider Collateral Base, a group that has done it before in multiple merit-based and limited market states. Collateral Base was founded by an experienced cannabis attorney with highly educated consultants with master's degrees and years of experience in the cannabis industry. The Collateral Base team is confident they know cannabis licensing better than any of their peers. And I encourage you to see for yourself. It just takes one phone call. If you're ready to expand your cannabis business into new limited markets, contact Collateral Base today at 309-306-1095. That's 309-306-1095. Or visit collateralbase.com. Hey, music lovers. The Cannamom Show podcast, in collaboration with Lambkin Guitars, is giving away a custom-built, one-of-a-kind electric guitar built by Josh Lampkin. The solid one-piece hemp wood body includes a built-in glass bowl piece. Yeah, you heard me right. You can take a hit and then play a lick. Now's your chance to help the Cannamom Show crush cannabis stigma with your entry. Register for the Hemp Guitar Giveaway online at LampkinGuitars.com. That's L-A-M-K-I-N Guitars.com. The drawing will be part of a 420 celebration at the Goods Dispensary in Somerville, Massachusetts, where the guitar is on display for the month of April. But don't worry, you don't have to live in Mass or be present to win. Visit LampkinGuitars.com to scope out the Hemp Guitar giveaway details and entry form. You'll even find a video of what could be your guitar in action. L-A-M-K-I-N guitars.com. Everything is personal right here. Everything is personal right here. Everything is personal right here. Let me endo DNA. Heat guaranteed when you press and the play. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to another episode of Everything is Personal. And today, we have a special guest with us, Mr. Al Morrington, the CEO of My Fit Life. Welcome to the show. Hey, thank you for having me. <laughs> um, so I want to find out a little bit more about you, and we'll get into the business and all that stuff. But uh, where did you grow up? I grew up in uh, it's a city, little city called Pico Rivera. It's a suburb of Los Angeles. Got it. And uh, I read, I, I want to get really deep into like the reasons why you started, you know, using, uh, you know, phytocannabinoids in the first place. But I wanted to kind of get deeper about the feeling. So I, I read, and we had this conversation before that uh, you had a uh, glaucoma or degenerative glaucoma as a condition you were diagnosed with that. I'm trying to kind of get a feeling, uh, maybe you can sort of describe uh, what it sort of felt like when you came to realization that you had a condition that would severely impact your ability to see. Because, uh, you know, sight is an is a extremely important sense. So just kind of walk me through the mindset of, of hearing that and how that all kind of uh, turned out. All right. So, yeah, it, um, I think I had, when we first talked, I mentioned in sixth grade, I was told that I would, you know, um, I, ha- I had it and would um, eventually go blind because there's no cure. So um, I, and, and there was no internet, so I didn't have any thing to go by and I wasn't losing my vision then, you know, and then, um, you know, when, when I was 30, um, in 1996, they said it's kicked in, but it, I really what couldn't tell then either. But and I sort of I was looking, you know, so, but not super hard. But right. when I hit my like mid 40s, and it, like I like I was sort of noticeable, especially noticeable on the on the um, 
the tests that they do for the field, the visual acuity, acuity test, mm -hmm. um, I started getting less on the, on my right side, uh, like noticeably, and um, they, they didn't really say anything about it, but it was like, hey, and then when I hit like 46 years old is when it was like, something's going on, you know, like I'm, I'm really like losing my vision now. And, and, and I, and I started like, it became a, a big focus because it, it was worrying me, you know, like a lot, you know? Um, so and, when you were, when you were uh, first told as a kid, you weren't connected to that because you didn't have any symptoms. So you're like, Oh, who cares? That's a hundred years from now may or may not happen. And no action didn't impact you in, in any way. You just sort of bookmarked it and said, "We'll deal with it later if and when it shows up." Yeah, my parents never like they like they they never mentioned it. Like like I, I guess the doctor mentioned it that time, and then like you know along the way, I had the same doctor. You know, uh, he would mention every now and again, but uh, they never mentioned it. Made a big deal, and there was no internet back then. It was the seventies, right. you know. So I didn't, you know, I didn't have any point of reference or you know it was like if it was important they would have mentioned it you know like you know so i did yeah <laughs> so you kind of let it let it go and then and then when you originally started dealing with it uh did you automatically realize like you know your vision were, did you wear glasses before yeah yeah and um in like uh in sixth grade yeah i, I started wearing glasses that, that's why i went to the eye doctor in the first place was Got because it. i i was i was like you know doing really well in school you know straight a's and all that but i was um like if i if they sat me really far back i wasn't you know like i wasn't seeing you know like i couldn't see the board and then that i would like look at you know so they, they, there was like little signs to say hey he might need glasses and then and then that's at that first visit, they, they, so however they're able to tell, they say you have the markers for glaucoma. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Cause uh, you know, I, I remember uh, when I was going to get my driver's license when I was turning 16 or maybe it was a permit. I don't, I don't remember 15, 16. Also, I kind of never really realized I couldn't see the board that well, but then I got, you know, prescribed glasses. I couldn't see from far away. My daughter always had perfect vision, same thing. She went to get her uh, driver's permit and took the test and uh, also was fuzzy. She, I think she was in denial. She couldn't see the board that well, but you know, it happened. She got glasses too. So knowing that you had glasses already, they were corrective and, and you probably had to update your prescription. Now that you realized something is off, what was that realization that it that your vision all the all of a sudden like you can see far you can see close and uh, you started seeing worse and like give me that realization in your 40s when that started kind of manifesting itself yeah so the um like my vision like is it as far as my seeing vision it's not like that bad prescription wise you know you know and um the and it was even in both eyes, you know, back before I'm 47 years old. And, uh, but, but when I literally started losing the vision a, a lot, um, like, and it, start, it started happening more and more rapidly, like, like, like uh, you know, like almost when your tires are going bald, like, like they'll go bald quicker, you know, like the yeah, more yeah. bald they are, the quicker they, you know, it seems, you know, whatever. But, um, so it was like a snowball effect that's starting to happen. And I was like, and um, I was literally losing like major amounts of my peripheral vision to where, mm. like, I couldn't see people. Like they would all of a sudden appear, like like right here. I get, I didn't wow. see them. I didn't see them over here. Right. And it would it would like startle me, right? And um, and I was like, whoa, that's not cool. And, and I started realizing like older people that that have glaucoma and wear those and wear those shades and all that kind of stuff. That's yeah. that's what they're dealing with, and they and and, and they. They they bump into things or or are they like like you know they'll move over in a lane or whatever it's because it's because they can't see you know and and, yeah. and um and and because bright lights and little uh, there, there's there's certain um, levels of glaucoma so lights will start to throw off these like little um, starbursts is what they call them and then, uh -huh. and that's why you'll see those old ladies with the with the welder shades on and stuff like that because it takes away that away you know and, and um. So, so it's not just, so, so that started happening a little bit too, you yeah. know, 
like with street lights and all this and it's 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 scary <laughs> then like floaters come in you know like, like there's, there's a whole process that happens and and it's just and it's just degradation and the you know the, the only um outcome that, that that there is for people that start to go through that is uh learn how to you know you, you know do braille get a cni dog you know all, all this wow. kind of stuff there is there is no cure for anybody right so but when you started uh, getting those symptoms that you automatically know you know this is glaucoma that, that they told me about that's manifesting itself yeah yeah this, this, this. and well they, they actually you know they they would tell me because i was my i was losing more and more of that um that vision, that field of vision test, you know, like yeah. was becoming less and less too. It was like obvious, you know, and, and it got to the point where I didn't even want to take it, you know, like I right. it was like, holy cow. And, mm-hmm. um, I, you know, you know, it, and so, so I just, tr- you know, um, got more desperate, I guess you would say. And then it's really started looking hardcore, you, you know? So what did they tell you? Like, it's not curable. It's going to degenerate, uh, you know, over time. What did they tell you? What were some of your options, solutions besides, as you said, seeing eye dog or Braille? Was there any medication that they say, hey, if you take some of this, maybe it'll relieve pressure oh, yeah, yeah. or something? They, they started, they, they prescribed me back when I was 30 years old medication, right? Okay. And um, it's a, uh, they, they, there's, there's, They'll start you off with one, and then and then they'll go to others. And I never took it. I'm a holistic health practitioner, you know. Mm-hmm. So I'm I um, believe in uh, uh, like uh, terrain theory as opposed to germ theory, and I f- uh, and uh, fixing the root cause of things as opposed to treating symptoms. So mm-hmm. uh, and and that's what medications do, you know. Mm-hmm. So and my father had glaucoma. Mm-hmm. And um, my couple of my aunts had glaucoma, and mm-hmm. they did the you know my, my one of, one of them was a nurse you know so they did the allopathic you know the medical American Medical Association optometry yeah. um, path you know fully my dad was an insurance agent had full uh, awesome insurance so and they start you off with drops you know one then two then three then you know a, a little cocktail of them and then you go into surgeries and then you graduate into um you know a, a variety of things including like uh, shots like needle shots directly into your eyes wow right and and you go through the like like these little six-week series where you get to look, look forward to having a yeah I, I don't know you when you just said the needle in your eye man i can't yeah. even wear a contact i can't even put yeah. a contact <laughs> in my eye so needle in my eye, i can't yeah. even imagine uh yeah. you know how what you have to go through to, yeah it's, it's, it's super painful and my dad went through that you know yeah. I, he went through that several times and he could and he continued to lose his vision to where he became, you know, legally blind. He could see like shadows and stuff, you know. Oh. And, but he lived to be ninety-three years old, you know. Like, um, okay. but 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 yeah, um, but but yeah. He, even when he was legally blind, they still wanted him to do eye tests. They still wanted yeah. him to do the shots in the eyes. They still wanted him to do the drops, you know. And 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 it's crazy. So because you did not follow the protocol that was suggested for you. Uh, what did you do? And, uh, and by the way, let me preface that question by saying, since you mentioned in your 30s and stuff, uh, did you take something as a preventative uh, prior to that and then change our protocol when it actually started expressing itself? Yeah, so um, I've been in health and wellness my entire life, right? Mm-hmm. You know, like, like I grew up with it. And I had like a little bouts where like I – where I got depressed and gained a bunch of weight and I lost over a hundred pounds and I wrote a book and better living with whole foods and all this stuff. Right. And I, I, but I was a competitive power lifter, like a meathead, you know, like, you know, protein powders and meal replacements when they came out, you know, and all this kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. I sold the stuff and I, I, you know, I was you know huge and strong and, um, in right around 2003 to end of 2002, I, um, I, I had this little bout with a, and I, mean, I ate a bunch, a bunch of ribs uh, uh, with with meat, and I was I was sort of like uh, doing this heavy metal detox thing, 
because uh-huh. I had heard about heavy metals and I, and I, and I sort of was relating it to my eyes and just general health, you know, mm-hmm. and I, I help people to overcome conditions, you know, like all, all kinds of crazy conditions, you know, life-threatening conditions and, you know, expert at pain management and stuff. So I help people to do that naturally, you know, and um, even without CBD, I could, you know, I did it, you know, before, before that. And it was like, um, I couldn't help myself. Right. And, 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 and it was like so frustrating. And, and then um, I, I finally got to that that point where um, I just st- started. Uh, I, 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 I that that meat thing happened. Okay, that yeah. you know where, where I where I, I um, had an incident with meat, and then I found this uh, these naturopath and MD this this partner this duo in, in Santa Monica, California, and they had a cleanse and detoxification program that I went on, and it changed my life, and it mm-hmm. took me into that holistic <laughs> path. You know, right. and that was 2003, January, mm-hmm. and I started working with them, and that's when I started discovering more and more stuff. And they were like telling me like about like about the meat industry, the dairy industry, and the FDA, and all this stuff. And I was like, hey, that's there to protect you. They're just like, like laughing at me, you know, like like you know, like and saying all this stuff. And like, okay, you have to be careful, and you know, and, and understand what's going on, and and do your own research, and and and, and, and you know, and, and so I did, you know. That's why that's when I wrote the book and all that kind of stuff, you know. But um, that that led me on that path, and that sort of helped me to accomplish what I did as far as discovering. Um, what works basically? So, did you did you stop eating meat <clears throat> as in the uh, after the rib incident or whatever? Yeah, right? I, I I actually did the because the um it that there there was no meat on the um on the detox you know cleansing program right and it worked so well for me and then I you know did. You know some research about, and especially back then, there, there like there wasn't the availability of like things like like hundred percent grass fed and blah blah. blah. That, that just right. wasn't a that wasn't a thing back then in two thousand three. You know, mm-hmm. like like I, when, like when I had moved to Orange County, I mentioned organics. You know, because I would do seminars and and like after my, my first seminar, they were like, "You want Orange County to eat organic? <laughs> like, like, like good luck with that, Al." Yeah. You know, and, and now like that the whole you know thing is organic you know like, like exactly. because it's a trend but but you know it, it's it's funny how things you know like like change and perception changes right yeah especially you got to stick to your own thing and then you know society will either you know come to meet you where you're at or not you know because yeah. you don't want to you don't want to just follow these trends and stuff especially with eating and diets and all that but so in your protocol the what you uh, were consuming. When did you start including, you know, phytocannabinoids in in your protocol? So, so yeah, so I, I that that um that uh, group that that, that two, those two guys they yeah. really helped me out, you know, and I set me on this path of learning and and doing all of this, and I like I ate raw for eight months straight. I did a bunch of different things just to experiment and see what it does to your body because that's what that's what I do. I do I do case studies with people too, so and it, and it made me get incredible health. Like I gained incredible health, but I was still losing the the vision here and there. You know, like 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 they would do tests on me for like. You know, like like my level of whatever, you know, and uh, you know, and it was just everything with like nutritionally was off the charts, but still losing the vision. And the the thing that got me towards the the phytocannabinoids is I started, you know, I've always worked with cannabis, you know, since 1987 I've worked with it. And I, <clears throat> so, can you explain what what that means since 1987 you worked with it? Because I, I'm asking that for I want to build a story about. You know the gray market, the black market. Like, what does that, uh, what did it entail when you say uh, you work with it? Okay, so I in 1987, I was 21 years old. Mm-hmm. I um, waited till I was 21 years old before I smoked marijuana. I, I just, for some whatever reason, I set that as a, as, as a marker for yeah. me. And um, so my friend, uh, my best friend, um, he took me up north to his. Uh, where his father lived, you know, and, and his father grew. He was like a biker with a beard down to his 
belly, you know, belly yeah. button kind of thing, like ZZ Top. And um, they took me out to like this 10,000 acre, like wild, you know, like, like you know, un- uninhabited thing with these lakes and all and wildlife. And we were, and, and that's the first time I ever experienced cannabis, right? Mm. And, uh, that, and uh, he grew, and, and it was all like natural, and you know, like uh, this this things that are appeal to me, like uh, you know, like organic and all this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. right? And and it it made me feel good, and I was for some reason I was attracted to it, so um, like like I came back with with, with some, you know, and, yeah. and 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 I just started I had a uh, I just started you know distributing it out, you know, right, and. Um, so, so that was like like black market kind of a thing, you know, and um, that was eighty seven, and, and I and I worked in that for several years, you know, and, until it sort of there there was a doctor in like nineteen ninety five in Santa Monica, and he was the first doctor to prescribe it basically uh, to to like you know to to to, to a not not the masses, but but to a mass amount of people, you know, right. in, in his mm-hmm. community, and uh, and he like he defied the FBI and the FDA and the DEA, right. and and they would always try to raid him, and and he went from having a full staff in this big office to just being by just sitting across from him in in in, in these two folding chairs, you know, because they they literally would do everything they could to try to take his license and he yeah. you know and they'd suspend him and whatever. But but his name was Dr. Edelman. He's like a he's he's very well known in, in as a in, in that industry. But he gave me, you know, the you know, whatever the prescription or whatever to to use it, you know, and and didn't expire either back back mm-hmm. then. And um it, it was really cool i got to know him really well and there was like a little cannabis club across the street and i started mm-hmm. working with them a little bit and they and they distributed the patients and stuff like that and and, and that's and that's when i started learning about the the um how it helps people you know to overcome certain things or just to get through certain things and you know and i started experimenting because I, I like to do case studies and that's yeah. how i got to be so you know good at helping people overcome conditions with food, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and just, you know, regular supplements. And then the cannabinoids just made it all the better kind of thing. Yeah. Now I'm familiar with uh, Dr. Edelman. I think if I remember correctly, there was a big case of him getting his license revoked because he prescribed or, or I not prescribed, let's say recommended cannabis to like a four-year-old kid and the parents, uh, uh, something happened where they try to revoke his license. I think they may have actually revoked it. So I, I, I recall that whole story. Um, tell me a little bit about uh, my fit life. What is uh, my fit life? So my fit life, it's a, it's a holistic health and wellness company. It, it helps people to get healthy, stay healthy, and basically live the life they were meant to live, you know, without the use of pharmaceuticals or mm-hmm. harmful medications, you know, and we do that through simple changes in the way they, you know, people move and the way they eat, you know, uh-huh. which includes supplementation. Uh, so do you, uh, do they, people come to you with certain conditions and then they communicate those conditions and then you create specific uh, supplementation, including, you know, phytocannabinoids or or CBD, we'll talk about that in more detail. How do? What's the process? How does it work? Yeah, so that's that's a really great question. So, so my fit life, it's been around since two thousand one. I'm the registered trademark owner mm-hmm. of it and everything. So, and it was you know originally a health and wellness center, you know, and gym, you know, together combined because I'm mm-hmm. fitness and nutrition and holistic, and. Um, it, it became really popular, you know, like, you know, even across the country, you know, helping people by the phone and everything, you know, before internet was big. But um, in 2014, I sort of retired from the you know, retail aspect of it, you know, having a, you know, I, I won um, uh, small businesses of the year in North Orange County. That's what that is right there. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, which is like, that's not, not gym of the year or wellness center, of the year, but small business of the year, you know, out of every other small business, right. mm-hmm. you know, but, um, the, um, it, what, what was the, the question again? 
like the, uh, the, just the, what, what the what process? Is life? Yeah, so, what is the so, process for so, MyFitLife? So, yeah. MyFitLife, I re- retired from that in 2014. I started a marketing agency mm-hmm. for gyms, salons, and wellness centers because that's what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, and uh, about a year and a half in, when I had put about two hundred fifty thousand dollars into the business, like just got mm-hmm. it going, and and I was and I had like clients, and I was just rocking and rolling. I got a an office in Long Beach with uh, overlooking the ocean, mm-hmm. and like eight days later, I went blind, uh, uh, and and um, I had like like from the glaucoma, like I yeah. complete, completely in my right eye, and I had been treating it before that. We could talk about that and stuff like that, but but that's what made me get 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 fully back into my fit life and 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 start. Uh, um, providing the CBD and, and and other cannabinoids to to the masses, so I don't, so I have the good supply um, of, of proper, um, you know, pr- proper uh, supplements. I guess you would say, yeah, you know, um, and never have to worry about it, and not have to worry about going blind again. Because that's what happened is I had some people making it, and they started making it wrong, and that's how I went blind. Yeah. So you you basically said. I need to treat myself. And then since that protocol was efficacious for you, then you said, let's, let me, you know, provide this protocol for other people that may be uh, suffering from different conditions. Correct? Yeah. So if you back up just a little bit in, yeah. in, in, in 2014 is when I retired the business and, and, and started the marketing agency. But in 2013, just before then, mm-hmm. I, uh, is, is when I discovered what, what works for my eyes. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the, you know, the, the, the way I found that was it, there, there's a, a, an oil called Rick Simpson oil or full extract cannabis oil, FICO, um, mm-hmm. which is uh, all, all the things you hear about on the internet, like especially prior to 2018 and CBD becoming popular. Um, pretty, almost every one of the success stories was from that specific extraction process. Mm-hmm. And it was always for like the big C word, you know, you know, yeah. you know, and, and all these other ailments. But it, and I, I would look for, for glaucoma and nobody, I could never find anybody saying that they had any success, even in glaucoma groups, like on Facebook, like over a million people, like 250,000 people in this group, whatever, and no, no, no success stories. But if you go back to 1977, mm-hmm. when the, the first person that was ever given federal, um, uh, the okay to to uh, to possess marijuana and smoke marijuana for yeah. medical reasons. That mm-hmm. was a PhD professor from a university, but and it, it, was, it was for glaucoma, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So he he was experiencing those starbursts, which is like one of the first uh, little symptoms of, of, of glaucoma. You know, when I'm gonna start when you, when you know it's kicking in, you're gonna start to go blind. And he was experiencing those with street lamps. So he went outside, you know, he was a PhD professor, you know, and it was the 70s. So, you know, he was smoking and pot with his mm-hmm. friends. And he noticed when he went outside, he was seeing the starburst and he, and he smoked and they sort of went away. And he was like, hey, what's going on with this? So he so, so he would do that when he went, when he would see the starbucks, he'd smoke some marijuana and, and they would diminish, you know, you know, maybe not all the way, but it would, it would make it better. So then he put in the appeal to, you know, saying, Hey, this helps me out. And, and he got the, okay. So that's, so, so that right there, that, that was my, just my, my little hope, my little, my little glimmer of hope that was like, if it helped him, then, then man, why, why can't it help me for my glaucoma? Right. And I, and I was like, literally like, you know, um, I, I was I was about fifty percent vision in my right eye at that time. You know, like mm-hmm. I was like, shit, I'll, I'll, I'll try anything. So I found these extractors that do that Rick Simpson oil properly. You know, mm-hmm. and and you know it's, they get them from the right growers. They, they grew it themselves actually, and then they extracted it properly. They use the proper, you know, uh, you know, solvents, every, everything. You know, there's a certain you know way, way that you do it in order for it to be therapeutically active, and um, I took it and, um, you know, with glaucoma, it's hard to tell if it's going to be working, but I have migraines with my glaucoma. Mm -hmm. There's two different kinds. One has pain, one one doesn't. Mine, luckily it does have the pain. The pain sucks so bad, you know, but, but, um, the reason I'm lucky it has that is because 
Like I had daily headaches like every day of my life. And yeah. and and migraines probably half of my life, right? Mm-hmm. Like like I was just taken out of, of life about half of the month. Mm-hmm. But um uh I woke up the next day, like I like I got I got some from they were, they were in San Diego and I I got some from them and and I took it that night. You know, and it got me high and stuff like that because I hadn't been smoking marijuana for a while, and I, I wasn't used to it. And it was, there's a big—that's a big problem with with that high THC one. But mm-hmm. um, but but I woke up the next morning like super rested, and I didn't have a headache. Mm-hmm. And I was like, holy cow! You know, like I've had a headache every day since I can remember. Like again, right. if I could just not have headaches, I'll take this stuff for the rest of my life. Right. Right. So that's what enabled me to to see the success that you could have with glaucoma because it takes time for that to happen. But I took it day in and day out. I said, if I'm going to take this, I'm going to see if it helps my glaucoma, and I'm not going to miss one day. I'm not going to miss one day. So, like, if I if I went to bed and I forgot to take it, I like, and I was just so tired, whatever. I I got forced myself. I'm not going to miss one day ever, you know. Yeah. And uh, and I didn't, and it started to help it. You know? Yeah, it's a great story because, uh, and, and you're absolutely right. Uh, so I used to be the president of the Cannabis Action Network, uh, which was a big uh, it, it group that you know fought for legalization of cannabis. And uh, I had a rally at Independence Hall in Philadelphia, and my keynote speaker was this woman named Elvie Masika, and Elvie was one of the first people to get federally prescribed cannabis under that NIDA program where she got the cannabis that was cultivated in Mississippi and it rolled into these cigarettes somewhere in Carolina and she had a tin with a USDA label. And I, that was the first time that I noticed somebody consuming cannabis for a specific medical condition besides myself for my ADD. I didn't know that it was really medicine for people, but I actually saw it. I saw her you know, starting, she still wore glasses and all that stuff, but she she was completely blind until she consumed cannabis. And it was getting worse and then because there's pressure on the nerve there and she's able to alleviate some of that pressure with cannabis. So you're absolutely right. That That's exactly, you know, the federal government recognized that, uh, you know, glaucoma definitely is impacted by phytocannabinoid use for sure. Um, right on. So hey, um, I, mm-hmm. I didn't finish my your, your question though. The way the, the oh, way yeah. people get the way people get help though is yeah. you know we offer the the CBD and everything, but I, I've done you know I've I've helped people consultation wise my whole life, right? So I'm right. an expert at that, and we have like thousands and thousands of case studies, you know. So we I've developed protocols along the way, and we have cannabis caregivers like 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 they've gone through like this ten thousand dollar program in Pasadena, California, and, yeah. and, and that are like they're, they're legit, you know, like like cannabis caregiver providers, and uh, and so like either myself or or the, or those two people will mm-hmm. um, you know as, as caregivers will do free consultations for mm-hmm. anybody, you know, bef- before you buy a product to, um, to, to see if it's something that we can, you know, help you with, you know, that your, your condition or what you're trying to overcome, you know, and, um, and then if, if we believe that we can, we'll make a recommendation and then, and, and, and a protocol on, on how to take it for success. Mm-hmm. And then, and, and then we'll create a folder. So if, if they, for them, so if they, continue to take it and they um, like want to adjust their protocol or, or do whatever um, they, they could set uh, consultations. We have Calendly, you know, a little uh, digital calendar thing where they could just set their consultations with me or another caregiver and um, for free and, and we mm-hmm. update their protocols. And, you know, cause sometimes it takes a little bit different to overcome something it is than it is to manage it. Right. You know, sure. so, so we have, you know, so, so we have those adjustments along the way and we have people that have been with us. Well, I've had people that, that have been with me for over 30 years since, since 1987, wow. you know, but I have people that have been with us, uh, CBD wise since, since we started the, 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 the actual CBD company in 2016, you know, right. and, and the entire time, because like, they don't, like, don't die. Don't, you know, don't change your formula. don't do anything, you know, just keep on providing what you have, you know? So what's what's the difference you mentioned uh, FICO and RSO? What's the difference? Is um, there a difference? There, you know, if, if, if there, there's a 
you know, there, there's a fight about that on uh, online for some people um, because they say that the Rick Simpson oil has a a more harsh solvent, you know, like an isopropyl alcohol or a mm-hmm. or a naphtha, you know, or, uh, or, um, and uh, um, you know, not nowadays we use something that's w- w- way cleaner. You know, it's a, it's a it's a food grade ethanol kind of a thing. You know, so like if if, mm-hmm. if you if you, it's a, it's too unapproved organic food grade. If you if you if you were to drink it, you would just get drunk. You know, like you, and with everything else, you basically die. You know, um, you know every other solvent if you drink it. But right. um, the uh, but it's just because he was using that for people to do at home. And that's what was right. available. Like now, you can get other things, and you can get other equipment. And you know, it's 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 not 1997 anymore. It's right. you know, it, it's 2022. So, uh, and, and you know, he he's gone you know different ways along the way. He's even trying mm-hmm. to do like solvent lists and all this kind of stuff, which which isn't really good, right? Mm-hmm. The the ethanol extraction and and, and, and alcohol based extraction. Which uh, like an anhydrous alcohol, which which means mm-hmm. there's no water. It's like like seventy percent or ninety percent. Uh, it's a uh, like a hundred percent alcohol. It can mm-hmm. be an isopropyl and anhydrous mm-hmm. though, or you know. But but we prefer these days an ethanol because it is mm-hmm. great and this and that you know. Um, but but that exact extraction uh, a, a solvent needs to be used and it has to be done a certain way. You know, we do it a cold extraction, negative 30 mm-hmm. to negative 40 degrees and all, you know, a couple of different parameters and we use, you know, the proper raw, raw materials, hemp materials or cannabis materials, you know, mm-hmm. um, that were grown properly and stuff like that. But um, an ethanol extraction is it has dual polarity in, in its extraction capabilities. So it has uh, both both polar and non-polar constituents in the oil, meaning uh, like uh, people are familiar with like like fat soluble and water soluble vitamins, and that's basically what that means. It'll pull both out. The, uh, every other solvent, every other solvent um, pulls out only one. Is either polar mm-hmm. or nonpolar. So, so there's a there's more variety of nutrition in there, and and that's what I need for my eyes for the glaucoma. Right. All right. So, so are you saying that the extraction method maintains the integrity of the plant in the uh, through the extraction to the actual extracted material that comes out of it, whatever the uh, oil or whatever the, that material is, it maintains the integrity as it was intended with the plant based on that. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't just keep, it doesn't just keep the, the cannabinoids because they're very, very, uh, they, 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 it's hard to destroy cannabinoids, right? You, you, they'll convert into other things if they're heated too much or whatever, but it's hard to destroy them. Other mm-hmm. things like flavonoids and terpenes and other phytonutrients are easily destroyed. And the ethanol extraction, um, uh, done the way we do it, you know, and, you know, there's other people that know how to do it as well. You know, it's, 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 yeah. just a, it's an art form though, you know, and, and it'd be able, um, our, the reason ours is so, um, favorable is because we do it for the masses, you know, but, right. but, um, but yeah, it, it basically, um, it, it does that, you know, it, mm-hmm. Got it. Does that um, make sense? Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. It's the, the method of extraction makes uh, total sense. Uh, how do your family feel about cannabis in general? Um, they didn't like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, 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 like they grew up, you know, during the, you know, my, my parents were born in the 20s, both of them. And so they grew up through the, the, the demonization of it, you know. And, you know, because it was banned in 1937, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, all of their life, it was just like, you know, like, you know, especially in the 70s, you know, you know, like, this is your brain, this is your brain on drugs. And they they didn't uh, like it at all. My dad was an insurance agent. My mom worked with uh, uh, special needs kids, you know, right. and she, she drove a bus, you know, so she was with the CHP all the time and they would, mm-hmm. and they, they had all their fear kind of campaigns, you know, going on with, uh, the Siena de drugs. So, so there was a lot of controversy about that. Mm-hmm. You know, it, 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 there's, it, there's a lot of controversy, like with, with my family, uh, and even friends and everything that just, when I stopped eating meat, you know, it, it was, it, it, it's very, very interesting. You know, and then going into the holistic thing, going away from uh, traditional American 
you know, in medicine kind of a thing, you know, mm-hmm. and, uh, um, you know, just all of those things put together. We don't, you know, if somebody's using medications, though, you know, even if they have like cancer or something and they're going through chemo and all this stuff, you know, you know, we don't, we don't tell them, stop doing chemo. You know, we, don't, we don't tell them to stop doing anything per se. We, we, we do a health history to find out what medications they're using and we'll work in concert with them and we'll let them know what to expect and different things and what to mention to their doctor, you know, so mm-hmm. they could be transparent and, and have the most success that way, you know, but, but we don't ever say like, hey, don't stop taking this or stop taking that, you know, because it's not our place to do that. You know, right. and, you know so, some people don't want to take medication like me. I, 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 I'm holistic. I just don't like right. that. But some people, they, they want to do both. You know, they, they just, they just, they just want help. They don't want, they just don't want to have what they have anymore. So, so did, did anybody in your family sort of have a change of mind or change of heart when you did this and to see that, whatever you were consuming is helping you. So were they more open to that after a while or they still kept that sort of stigma in place? Um, they're, they're more open to it now because sort of, sort of because of, of interviews like this, you know, that, that are where they're seeing more people are being helped and, and there's, you know, and the, you know, the tons of reviews that, that, that are on, you know, online and stuff like that, or that from people that, that we've helped along the way. You know, but but what really helped out uh, wasn't really the cannabis, but was actually them, them doing one of my other programs. Uh, my sister and her daughter, you know, mm-hmm. who's you know in her thirties, you know, but she was in her early twenties at the time. Um, she did our twenty-one day reset program, which is a that which which is a a version of that. A cleansing and detoxification program, and it basically changed their lives and got them to open up and like understand. It got, got it got them my sister off medication. It got uh, um, my um, niece to understand health, and she's like she was majoring in chemistry or, or majoring in, in um, um, biology, um, molecular biology, with a with a um, minor in chemistry at the uh-huh. time. You know, so so open her eyes to to holistic health, and and that's when they started embracing what I do a little bit more. You know, right. So is, is CBD an option in the entire protocol, or is it always an option? Or is it sometimes uh, added in, or is it a whole separate kind of uh, thing that you would suggest to people as they go through your program? No, it's. Uh, it's a, like an essential nutrient, okay? So, uh-huh. so, so it's something that everybody needs, you know, on a daily basis to operate at the utmost optimal levels. Mm-hmm. And uh, some people say, like, I already do operate at the utmost optimal levels, but, you know, you only know what you know kind of a thing. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it, I have uh, um, what, what I call a lifestyle optimization program. And it's a, 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 like... Uh, there's five ingredients basically that I feel are necessary, like absolutely necessary for people mm-hmm. to to optimize their life, you know, and in in our modern world, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and, and you know, uh, and it's it's grown over time from like from just a couple to these five these five things, but CBD is one of one of them because uh, and and it's 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 the main one because you have an endocannabinoid system that needs to be fed. Right. And, you know, um, it, your endocannabinoid system, it is an actual system within your body, just like all the other systems, your lymphatic system, you know, et cetera, digestive system. But it works in concert with every other system in your body to balance it out. It, it, it provides what they call homeostasis to all the other systems in your body if it's right. fed properly with cannabinoids. Right. If it's not, then you'll be out of whack, out of balance. And that's why people manifest with so many different things, you know, and, and why uh, CBD or cannabinoid uh, th- therapy or supplementation uh, seems to help so many different things. It's not that it, it helps all these different things. It's just people manifest different ways when they have a lack of cannabinoids. So, so they're actually manifesting a, a cannabinoid deficiency. <laughs> It's a really interesting way to describe that. Yeah, I, I definitely see that. Uh, in in terms of other, you, you mentioned there was five. Is there are there other like must? You mentioned you know heavy metals. You mentioned uh, cleanse. You know removing 
maybe meat for a while from your diet? What are, what are some of the other pillars? Like if I want to get healthy and I want to feel better and I'm reading your, your look better, feel better. And I can't see the other you one. Live better. I, yeah. Live better. So I want to do all those things. What do I do? Yeah. So there's, you know, so we work on, on, on these four pillars of health, fitness, clarity, and confidence, right? Because okay. they, all, they all matter. And if you have ill health, then you go in, you lack confidence and you get depressed, you know, so, so like, sure. you know, the clarity, all that kind of stuff. So, and anyways, um, there's uh, the, the, the five th- things are, are basically, you know, cannabinoids, uh, CBD mm-hmm. is, is, you know, the, the full spectrum, you know, because it doesn't get you high, but MSM, methane, it's a bioavailable source of sulfur. It's considered uh-huh. one of the five elements of life, right? Super important for, especially for absorption of, of other nutrients and stuff mm-hmm. like that, but, but like, it's, it's crazy awesome. Uh, a, a multi-mineral, my favorite is shilajit, which is like um, found from the Himalayas as an Ayurvedic um, herb, basically. But mm-hmm. but um, but but it's a, has all 84 minerals and trace elements in there. And then um, uh, spirulina or, or chlorella, which is like mm-hmm. an algae, which is like the most nutritious superfood on the planet. Mm-hmm. And then the most basic, which is vitamin C. Okay, okay. and because and vitamin C works so well with MSM. And then it, and 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 uh, they, they work so well together uh, for a variety of things, including like collagen and ligament tendon strength, all this kind of stuff. And then uh, CBD and MSM work so well together. Um, a lot, a lot of things that that, that are become, that are sort of popular right now, like our N-acetylcysteine and all these things that build your mm-hmm. immune system, and they're trying to get that from supplementation. Of, of the actual N-acetylcysteine or, or other yeah. or, or or its uh, precursor, but um, it's better just to have what, what's natural put in you what what actually creates it and what mm-hmm. creates it in predominance is uh, CBD and MSM. There's actually been studies showing that, that increasing CBD and MSM like greatly increases your levels of N-acetylcysteine in in in, in your system more so than taking an N-acetylcysteine as a supplement. Really interesting. Wow. Uh, is there a certain method of consumption that is preferred, uh, you know, sublingual versus uh, a tablet or a capsule, or, or does not matter? Um, for everything or, do, or for the cannabinoids? Uh, for the supplementation for, for everything. Is it, do you have, like, do you say to people okay, like for cannabinoids, so we want to avoid the liver or for these, you, you do want them to get in the liver or does it, does it make a, a difference? So uh, the, with the cannabinoids, it's, we, 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 want, we, we want the stuff to enter the, the liver, you know, because mm-hmm. it, it helps to, to, to heal it. You know, a lot of people have fatty livers or dysfunctional right. livers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so so uh, we... We, that's why we have it with with our specific MCT oil, which is a blend of the medium chain triglycerides, yeah. you know, um, mm-hmm. with inulin in there as well, um, mm-hmm. not not just one, but um, but yes. Yeah, so, so we have we have that. Um, it's in tincture or capsule form. Like even for yeah. my eye, eyesight, I do yeah. it orally. Okay, well, I, I, yeah. I don't I, I don't do drops in my eyes, but right. um, the the tinctures are are cool cap, cap but capsules are are they're familiar with people and you can get an exact measured dose which is important uh-huh. right we, we we have videos on how on how to do the exact measured dose for like per drop kind of thing with the tinctures but okay. um but uh but yeah but yeah i so I, I either one of those is, is preferable um those are what i call a primary source of cannabinoids and mm-hmm. um and then the secondary sources are like topicals, and then tincture could also be a secondary source because it could be taken other ways or microdose, you know, right. as opposed to the the regular dose or the macrodose that you might be using to overcome, you know. Right. So 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 yeah, mm-hmm. uh, um, the 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 capsules are the, like for older people especially, it's just an easy uh, measured dose, and they have a lot of success that way. That's why we call ourselves the capsule kings because we do a, a ton of capsules mm-hmm. for that for the MSM. Well, for and, and sort of the CBD as well. Um, there, the capsules are, are are cool for people, and they'll start off with that because the MSM is sort of bitter if you drink it in water. For some uh, people, the more toxic it. you are, the more bitter you it is. The mm. the less toxic you are, it, it it won't even be bitter if you're if you're totally healthy, right? But if you can drink it 
and uh, um, it, it mix them with powder and water and swish it around in your mouth, then it'll help your gums and and the, and, and, and and your t- tooth health. It'll help to mm. literally um, re- reduce like like inflammation in your gums and make your teeth stronger. Same thing with doing a tincture. You hold it under your tongue for mm-hmm. like 30 seconds to 60 seconds, whatever doesn't get absorbed, don't just swallow it down, swish it around a little bit, let it get on your gums. It'll actually, the CBD or other cannabinoids and other nutrients in there will, will, will get in, in there and, and help to balance out the bacteria and also to, um, uh, to, just, to just improve the health of your um, teeth and your right. gums. Like it, it dramatically improves. Like taking MSM and CBD, especially together, uh, dramatically improves the strength of your bones. Like the bone density all over your body and your teeth are bones. Wow, that's that's great advice. I, I really like that. The swishing around. I, I I'm gonna start doing that myself. Uh, before I you know swallow the remainder after the thirty seconds. Uh, okay, so. We're at a point uh, where I have some questions that I ask all my guests. So get ready for some of these. They could be pretty intense. I'm just kidding. They're fine. <laughs> and I always and I always say that I'm not going to start joking around, but you know it just comes out naturally. <laughs> I always want to uh, make this a, as a as a as a pun. But um, please describe your first experience with cannabis. Well, my first experience with cannabis was up north, like I said, with my friend, mm-hmm. and he was and he was a biker. So we we went up there. He had him, him and his friends owned ten thousand acres of undeveloped land, and they and there were like mm-hmm. these lakes and everything. So I literally my first hit was at midnight on the, on on my birthday, and he, and he was like he had champagne and we, and he, and, there, and there was like just it just us, you know, and. He, like, he was howling out the moon. It was like a ceremony of some sort, you know, and it, it was like really like surreal, you know. But but I remember like I've always been attracted to plants, and it just made me feel like rounded. I don't I don't know what, but it it, it, was, it was cool, you know. Yeah. So it was a pretty positive experience. Yeah. Say, at least memorable. Cool. Um, I'm a big music guy, so uh, I have some music related questions. Uh, do you uh, remember what the f- very first concert that you attended was? Yeah, for sure. Uh, it was Heart in 1980, and Golden Earring opened up. Wow! And, 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 yeah, at the Forum, the fabulous Forum. Yeah. <laughs> what? Oh, what was the la- what was the last concert you attended? Um, the last concert I attended. Um, I can't even. Oh, oh, Elton John. Elton John. Yeah, right. at, at the at the Staples Center. Got yeah, it. Yeah, yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. That was pretty awesome. Yeah, it's uh, he's coming back. I think he's playing Dodger Stadium after his uh, residency in Vegas, so he'll be back. Um, any anything that you're listening to today, the uh, music wise, that you uh, want to share with the audience? Um, I'm listening to a a lot of, uh, just older music right now for whatever reason. I'm, I'm listening to a lot of the, the, the music that I sort of grew up with, like eighties and nineties music, you know, like some, some of the grunge, some of the heavy metal, like Uh different, a new wave, like aha, you know, different things like that, Pet Shop Boys. And then like even the older stuff, like America and Rolling Stones, I'm I'm listening to right now. I was actually in the music, um, like most of my life as well. You know, we started through in the backyard parties when I was 15. And when I was able to drive, we were like hauling around the speakers and, you know, we were doing the DJ parties and I threw undergrounds and I had a residency in, in Hollywood at, Club 7969 on Thursday nights, you know, electronic music. And I I actually uh, was the founder and executive producer of the Los Angeles Art and Music Festival. Okay. It was a street festival in the streets of downtown Los Angeles, you know. So I was really into art and music. Very cool. Yeah. So electronic music, like uh, house music and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like the, the, the straight electronica, you know, like techno and all the different kinds. Yeah. And then, and you know, we had we, 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 like the, the 
the art and music festival, for instance, had a techno stage, you know, and, and there was a guy that ran a techno magazine, and and, uh, and there's all different kinds from like the hardcore down to the you know, the, the more melodic stuff, and then there was like another stage that had just strictly all different aspects of house, you know, Latin house, tribal yeah, yeah. house, every kind of house, and then there was another stage that had performance art, you know, everything from spoken word to we had like a 14 piece. Uh, orchestra there one year you know like, like this and it was like every hour would change just had funky yeah. stuff and then a hundred artists just showing all kinds of stuff that's super cool yeah i, I uh yeah i intend a bunch of those uh festivals back in the day. i used to dj back in the day too every once in a while you know there so i definitely can relate to that i think you were mentioning like aha in some of the uh, 90s and late 80s <clears throat> it's interesting because the kids are starting to listen to that stuff again they're getting it's getting reintroduced on tiktok for them so i hear like kids my daughter's age and even younger they're listening to stuff that you know i listened to back in the day but it's being reintroduced as new to them so it's all these 80s bands are coming back around 80s and you know early 90s uh that's they're not they're not gonna get the grunge bands anymore because there's only any better (laughs) everybody else is dead all the lead singers are dead but you know aha and uh, tears for fears and all these they're they're touring again. They're they're that's awesome. Yeah, um, one one cool thing about yeah. that too is that the club that I threw at Club Seven Nine Six Nine was called Peanuts. Um, yeah. it, was, it was super famous in Hollywood, but uh, um, the, the, I, it was a Thursday night club and it was called AWOL, a Way of Life. And I, I had like a, it was like electronica on the front and like more soulful stuff in the back. We had two rooms. And, you know, I, I got out of that, you know, out of the music scene, th- throwing clubs by about, uh, my last festival was 2003. But, and, and then I moved to Orange County 2006. Mm-hmm. And I and that's when I started the programs going hardcore. I had the, I already had the twenty one day reset going, but yeah. I started. But I, I I had this other one that and I and it, it and it's now called a wall a way of life. It's just like the club uh, used to be called. Got it. <laughs> yeah, connected the two. Oh, uh, I forgot to ask you. Do you remember what the first album that you uh, uh, ever purchased was? Um, uh, I I remember the first album that I ever. Uh, got my hands on, and okay. it it was uh um it wasn't purchased. It it was uh, it, it was when I was in elementary school, and I and I and I just came across it. it. Was it was it was like on my locker or something, yeah. you know? And and I was like, and no, nobody knew who it was. I guess so. I just like took it, but it was Foreigner Double Vision. Oh wow, <laughs> that's pretty cool for elementary school. Um, okay, what has cannabis meant in your life? Um, for me, cannabis is my life. It's, uh, it's enabled me like through the years that I worked with it, it enabled me to, to do the things that I've done with my health and wellness company. You know, it it sort of even financed that to the point where I could do the case studies and even do them for free with people, you know, that couldn't afford it and stuff like that to get, to be able to see the results, you know, and then, um, I don't know if I've mentioned this to you, but if I stop taking the oil, then I'll mm-hmm. go blind in less than a week, completely blind wow. in my right eye. And just after 24 hours, my vision starts to break apart and it'll start to like go hazy and, and it's really crazy. So it, it's so I can't be like more than 24 hours without it. Like I take it wow. all throughout the day. So it literally is a part of my life. If I, if I go on vacation and I forget it, I have to go back home. Or also wow. be blind, and you know, yeah. it's, it's it's nuts. Yeah, it's that's amazing. Um, all right, so last question, bonus question. Please describe what your room looked like growing up. A mess. <laughs> <laughs> I had like a little. Uh, um, it was like an organized mess. I knew where everything was, but I had little pathways. I was like a little mad, just mad scientist, mad. You know, like always experimenting with stuff so everything was everywhere like taken apart and whatever do you have any uh, like posters hanging on the wall anything that's memorable that you can uh, uh kind of go back and say oh yeah you know the band or anything like that or, or nothing um j- just uh believe it or not um from my sister uh in, in third grade I, I i got the um uh cheat and song up in smoke <laughs> oh, there we go. Yeah, Chin Chan. That's pretty cool. 
Cool. Awesome. Al, where can people find out more about you, about MyFitLife, social website? uh, Share, please, with with the audience. Yeah, just basically MyFitLife.net, you know, the the website. You know, we're we're sort of old school. You know, we we have like, you know, um, social media. But but the main thing is if you're you're trying to get like information and we have a blog. And then if you want to set up one of those free consultations, there's a link right on there to set that Mm -hmm. up. You know, so MyFitLife.net, that's the best place. Got it. Al, thank you so much for joining us. Really, really appreciate your time. This is great. And uh, we'll share this with uh, the audience soon. Really appreciate it. All right. Thank you for having me. Got it. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Infused, a cannabis talk show, is a -a one-of-a-kind look inside the cannabis industry. Meet the amazing people who make cannabis businesses bloom as they join host Nick with Francesca and Mike for creative cannabis conversations. Get an honest look at the business of cannabis, including trends, best and worst practices, products, education, and advocacy. Whether you're kind of curious or running a cannabis, Infused has kind of conversations that count. Infused is available on YouTube and is now streaming as part of the PodConnects network. Network.